CES 2021 came and went, and while the all-virtual format was limiting, there were a handful of surprises and some big news that came out of the show. So let's break it all down for you. I'm Roger Chang, and this is your Daily Charge. With me to discuss CES 2021 is the man who oversaw a vast bulk of our product coverage, our head of CNET advice, Jason Heiner. Welcome, Jason. Hey, glad to be here. So you've been covering CES for a long time. Um, first of all, give me a little bit of context of just how long you've been covering it. Uh, like like me, I, I'm assuming it's it's like a double digit number. I know. But beyond, and then beyond that, like how how was this show different for you, and and what do you think of the experience? Yeah, it has been a long time. I I have kind of lost count, like over 15 years for sure, um, 15 to 20 somewhere in that in that range. But you know, and and I actually am one of the weird people that enjoy CES. I, I know most people. It's kind of not cool if you're a tech journalist to say you like CES. You usually sort of make like a really grumbly noise when you talk about CES. You're like, oh, you know. And so, but I always like it. I mean, you and I've talked about it. You, you can get great meetings. You have uh, access to a lot of people in the industry, people that you, you know, either have not met before in person or, or see once a year. And you can get them all, you can get a lot of meetings in a really short amount of time and really get a sense of taking the temperature of where the industry is going in the year ahead. So I, I dig it. I hear you. I- I'm I'm one of the ones who do I do grumble a bit just because it it ends up as always killing my vacation yeah uh, my year end break and you know you're you're kind of on a plane immediately to Vegas. That said, I I will say this year's remote show made me miss being in Vegas uh, and made me miss even those long annoying cab lines and the fact that I had to go hunting for for random convention hall meeting rooms. All that stuff I miss because it it was just it was not you couldn't really replicate it with this virtual format. And uh, we'll talk a little bit about some of the drawbacks. Yeah. But why don't we get to some of the announcements? What for you? If you could pick one, what was like the single highlight of the show for you? So this is a surprise, but I do think that the biggest news or uh, the biggest event of the show um, was GM announcing that it was essentially reinventing the company as a, as an EV company. Uh, the fact that they chose to do it at virtual CES rather than their own event or um, using an auto show or anything, I, I think is was a big deal. And it, and it made the biggest news, I think, of the show. They, they reinvented their logo for really only like the, the second time in their history. They, they've kind of tweaked versions of all that, but they reinvented the logo. They announced a flying, you know, air taxi, uh, which was pretty cool. They talked about batteries. You know, I, I think that they're they're going to have a tough time competing with Tesla because, in all honesty, you know, they're still three to five years behind Tesla, even though they've been talking about these things, batteries and autonomy, and these things at CES for a decade, it's been mostly a dog and pony show. And now they've realized like, oh, we've got to get serious. That's that's mostly what it felt like. But that said, they're still a big company with a lot of resources, a lot of smart people. It's not that they're completely out of time. They have a lot of catching up to do, but um, they have sort of turned the the giant, the Titanic in the in a different direction. And it was big, I thought. And, and it is important, not just for tech, but for uh, transportation for the world, for employment, for all, a lot of things. Uh, and so I thought that was the biggest thing. Yeah, I absolutely agree. It was surprising how big a deal it was, especially since that that air taxi was largely largely a concept, really. I mean, it was very pine sky. It's very CES. It's like, here's a big promise. 
We don't know if we'll actually be able to keep it, but look at look at how awesome it looks. Look at how awesome this concept is. So very in keeping with CES. Uh, obviously, the coronavirus still with us. Uh, you know, we've been we've been struggling with this pandemic for well, a, a year now, more than a year. Uh, how did the coronavirus impact the types of products we saw at CES? Well, we knew going in that the bandwagon of pandemic products was going to be big and was going to be difficult for for companies to get attention to their version of it. We we saw that in spades. Uh, there were a lot of focus on health. There were also just a lot of focus on shutdown tech. So better laptops. HP announced a laptop with a five megapixel camera in it. Thank goodness. I don't know why they were the only one that announced a better webcam and a better speaker microphone array. That seemed like a no-brainer with everybody on Zoom um, calls. Uh, you get Chromebooks that are essentially uh, military-grade uh, Chromebooks, which are basically for, you know, if your kids are doing all their school and everything, especially elementary and middle schoolers. So you, you had that. You had, of course, the entertainment side with so many people not being able to go outside the house and get entertainment. All their entertainment's happening at home. So that obviously is right in CES's lane. Um and then you had air filters, you had the mask concept from Razer, which was another one of the hottest things at the show where it had these, it's got this mask with these two giant um, air filters on them, like next gen filters. Uh, it was clear so you can see people talking when they do. But then the, when you charge the thing, it has a UV filter, so it's disinfecting it. I mean, you had all this pandemic tech or and shutdown tech, which we might think about it, that was really competing for a lot of attention. So beyond some of those big hits like GM and helicopter, you know, it's flying taxi and those kinds of things. It really was pandemic tech that that dominated the rest of the sort of the daily stuff. Now, yeah, I saw a bunch of this stuff and I looked at it and I thought, well, I really wish I could have gone hands-on with some, especially the, the Razer N95 smart mask. I feel like this, that plus, you know, the GM news, a lot of this seems, um, it seemed to almost take advantage of the fact that we weren't actually on the ground able to vet some of this stuff. I mean, how much do you think, you know, it, it hurt that we couldn't actually be on the ground to really verify if this stuff was actually legit or if it were just slick concept videos? Because essentially that's what they were for us, right? A lot of these were just concept videos, press releases, and photos that we could only see remotely. Man, it's it's so true. So many of these things, a lot of what we do at CES is debunking and and uh, you know helping the audience, uh, especially the folks who can't be there or can't be at all the things, to really evaluate these things and to 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 put a pin in some of them. You know, um, we couldn't do that. We were faced with essentially doing our evaluation based on pricing when it was announced you know, knowing sort of our understanding of markets, our understanding of competitive products, our understanding of, of uh, what the companies that are uh, releasing these things, what we know about how well they can execute. We had to apply all of those kind of filters to these things, but we couldn't really look at the product and get a get that tangible sense of it. And, and you're right, like that that's a big part of what we do at CES, for sure. I, I mean, you and I, a lot of times, and, and the rest of the team, we'll see things that are announced early at CES and we'll make these little like mental lists or, or even physical lists or, or digital lists of like, okay, I want to stop by that 
booth and that one and that one so that I can really look at this product and see it and, and hear the pitch and then decide kind of what my, my thoughts are about that. Not being able to do that along with like what we talked about at the beginning, not having those sort of closed door meetings where we meet with execs. Those are the biggest drawbacks for us from a, from a journalism standpoint of being able to cover the show. And, you know, CS has always been a big TV show. And in this instance, we actually did get to see some of those TVs in advance. I know David Katzmeyer was was roped in fairly early. What were some of the standout announcements on the TV side of things? The the interesting one was one that really was a little more under the radar, and that was TCL. You know, TCL, of course, Chinese company that makes their own panels. A lot of these TV makers, not, not all of them really make their own panels anymore, but TCL... It makes their own panels, manufactures them, um, and they also market them under their own brand, which is why they sell such good TVs at such a uh, reasonable prices, and they become some of the best, most popular ones in the US. So they announced uh, an 8K TV and an 85-inch TV that are, those are likely going to be, to bring both of those form factors, the size of 85-inch and then 8K uh, to a lot more people in 2021. So those are real products that are coming out um, and that more people are going to have access to. And, and with people not spending money on concerts or movies or theater or other things where, you know, those are big ticket items, you know, a lot of them are going to be able to take that money and, and put it into something like a bigger TV, you know, for their, their home or their den or, or basement or wherever. Um, to see it. So, so that one, I think, was the biggest kind of under the radar. But you also had, of course, Samsung um, doing some some big stuff, talking about the next generation of their sort of brighter, better color QLED TVs. Um, same thing, OLED with LG. They have a brighter OLED. So it's kind of like a brightness war for, for those TVs. They're, but you can really sum up all of their stuff to like, you know, brighter, better picture, you know, for roughly the same cost. Uh, and then you had a couple interesting things with, you know, Samsung had uh, the webcam you could hook up to the TV and do like fitness stuff, similar to like Apple Fitness Plus. They get their frame TV that's like thinner. You can do third put on that, which is kind of cool. So um, those were some of the big things for TVs. Gotcha. And I know CS is not traditionally a phone show, but we did get a little bit of buzz out of LG for their rollable phone. Not just LG, actually. TCL had talked about their or showed off a concept for a rollable, both a rollable phone and this rollable tablet that kind of unfurled like a, I like to call it like a treasure map because it was on both ends, like a scrollable. We were joking about scrollables earlier or last year and now we're actually seeing it. Yeah, the treasure map tablet. Um, well, the cool thing was the rollable, the LG rollable. That was at the very beginning of the show, like the one of the first press conferences. And you know, within a couple hours, of course, you had a scoop um, confirming that this is a product that's actually coming to market this year. And, and it, it wasn't surprising. We were kind of hoping for it. We'd heard some some you know uh, scuttlebutt about it. And it, it is an interesting take, you know, foldables are, 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 are the jury's still out on foldables, but this one is maybe an extension of that. But you, you hold a phone like in portrait mode and it it's almost like it expands and scrolls up was the way that that, that thing works. Um, 
are there any really interesting problems that it solves? I think, you know, maybe it gives you a little more room if you're scrolling a web page that way, or if you're putting two things side by side or something. I don't know. It's not super obvious, which is the problem with foldables too, what the um, thing is, but it is interesting for us to sort of start to noodle about and think about what it could be. It's the same thing with the, the PCL version, which is more of a concept and there's not a potential market co- or product coming to market this year, but, but we'll see. I mean, it, it's interesting at least to think about. Yeah, we, we actually saw a concept TCL rollable last year. Really, it was like our, the last meeting I took before the, the pandemic lockdown. Physically took a meeting. Yeah. Um, we actually confirmed with TCL this time around that there, there wouldn't be a rollable. They, they, they're not going to put out a rollable phone until at least next year. They are going to put out a foldable. It's, it's going to be a little bit more normal looking if you can call foldables normal it's more like i i'm guessing it's gonna be a flip phone or something safe and conservative like that but okay beyond that uh ces obviously um this has been a weird experience doing everything virtual going remote there have been a lot of talk i had gotten a lot of questions from actually media from folks asking whether or not this is sort of a uh proof of concept for ces going virtual Completely going forward. Do you think that's feasible or are we gonna have to go back to, to Vegas at the beginning of every year? No, I think we're I think we're definitely going back to a real show. Will it be as big? I think the question is more like how big will it be? I think that there's certainly a question that um that it, it could be a like a you know a forest fire kind of moment for CES, right? We had there's usually 4,500 vendors. There were less. There were a little under 2,000 this year, so less than half. Um, and and really, it did feel like we had a lot less chaff and a lot more wheat, you know, um, in, in it. I do wonder if some of the Me Too factor of CES will go down and what that means for for the show it will be interesting. But but I think there that it could be there's going to be more of a hybrid, you know, because even the next couple of years there're going to be a lot of people still not super excited about traveling. I think, um, you know, we, we saw this with SARS and some of those things, you know, there was a little bit of a long thaw. It was mostly in Asia, right. But still it, it took a little time to thaw out from that. And this is obviously such an order of magnitude larger and the mental impact of this is going to be, I think, pretty significant. So I think it's more likely that, that CS pioneers this kind of hybrid model, but I expect that you and I will be back there for likely in January next year. It's, it's kind of a question of how many people will be there with us, how many vendors and, uh, you know, what will it look like? And will some of these things, um, you know, have some hybridness to them that, that really is a good thing for consumers tuning in as well as for maybe vendors still having the opportunity to, to do some things uh, virtually, even if they can't uh, afford to rent a booth out during CES. That's going to be an interesting thing to keep an eye on. Definitely. Well, Jason, thank you for your time. You can check out all of our CES coverage on CNET.com. If you have any questions, hit us up on Twitter at The Daily Charge or sign up for direct text messages from me by heading to cnet.co slash daily charge. And if you liked what you heard, please subscribe and rate the podcast. It really helps us out. For The Daily Charge, I'm Roger Chang. Thanks for listening.